This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. joining us uh, today. Uh, breaking news is that Hillary Clinton has come out and made a big statement that she will say the words radical Islam. It's an actual news story. What? Yeah. Has she really said that? Yeah, she will. Oh, uh, wow. In fact, she did by saying that she will. Huh. When you say you will say radical Islam, you've just said radical Islam. <laughs> so she is telling the truth. This is one time we can, we can absolutely say with certitude uh, she is uh, saying the truth. So when is she going to come out and say it? Well, she I, said again, it. though. I don't know. Maybe she says she was just going to say it once. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, I, I guess she's saying, and this is actually a smart move by Clinton, because seemingly the only, and I've been critical of conservatives on this before, the only thing we've been able to bring up, um, or at least a lot of these politicians have been able to bring up when it comes to uh, this uh, type of thing of fighting ISIS, is, well, Obama won't say radical Islam. And Obama, because he's stubborn and it's because it's an actual policy of his to not say radical islam has not has given this talking point to the right Mm -hmm. they basically said look you know this guy won't even say the words i mean it shows he's not serious about it it's an indication that he is not serious about it she's stepping in and saying well i'm not going to give this to them anymore i'll say it which is actually pretty smart because uh, yeah, except- outside of this, what have we heard from anybody, you know, like Donald Trump and, uh, and all these people about how tough they're going to be on ISIS? I haven't seen much outside of criti- crit- uh, being critical over them not taking it seriously and saying it. I'm, I'm trying to think of when I just saw her uh, saying that she was not going to say it because it demeaned the religion. It, it demeaned Islam and she wasn't going to do that. So she's gone back on that. Uh, apparently, or she she will be. But no, she's already said it, so uh, I guess she's already gone back on it. And, you know, that's a, somewhat of a joke, but in reality, like, they act... I mean, the administration legitimately won't even say it like that. If you say, can you, why won't you say radical Islam? They say, they won't say, I won't say radical, radical Islam because... They mm-hmm. just will say, well, because, uh, look, there's certain terms. That you just, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. I mean, the, the argument behind it is one that was internal in the Bush administration as well, uh, particularly over the word jihad, um, because the thought is 
if you use jihad uh, in a negative sense, essentially people uh, in you know from the Islamic world are trying to commit jihad and blow us up and kill us. Uh, obviously, that's true. Um, so Bush decided to use it, but there is another side in his administration who is saying, "Look, don't use that because moderate Muslims in Muslim countries don't think of jihad that way. They think of it as an internal struggle. So when you say they're committing jihad, it actually makes them look more uh, in tune with the religion. You're saying that like they're doing this to them. They hear that as they're doing this for a legitimate purpose. So then he started saying things like, "Hate our freedom." They hate our 7-Elevens. They don't like Circle K. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they, they, uh, Circle, 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 Circle K. K. Uh, they, they don't like Walmarts. Uh, and I always thought, really, is that what it is? Do they hate <laughs> our freedom? Is that what? <laughs> I mean, that's partially I, I, I there. I guess I mean, I, maybe that yeah. might figure in as an element, but what I think they hate more is our Christianity, that we're not we're not Islam, right? We're not Islamic. We're not. We're not right. Muslims. And, and of course, I think if that's we were do. Muslims, we wouldn't have any of those things. That's it's true. Their version. If we of it, right? if we had Sharia, like, if we had Sharia, there would be no <clears throat> Circle Ks and and Walmarts. Right. Um, and so, that would be tragic. All right. I so. mean, that's the number one reason not to do Sharia. They hate baseball. Now, I don't know if this they is hate uh, uh, football. <laughs> well, not so- not soccer. No, they, they like, like the they soccer. like soccer. Yeah, because that's the international communist uh, sport so yeah they're okay with that i'll agree with that (laughs) so we know that the details from yesterday obviously i mean or i I guess it is yesterday technically yesterday it was sunday morning technically Mm -hmm. um i mean it was one of those stories too that usually like you see a story especially us who are you know constantly watching the news you watch a story develop this is one of those i jumped in at the end of it like you know you wake up in the morning and the thing happened at what three in the morning east east coast time you wake up in the morning and it's already done and they've got numbers well, actually when i woke up the first report i said i saw tw- i saw 20 dead uh in orlando mm-hmm. and then it jumped to 50 um and i guess it's 40 is it 49 victims 49 in one is shooter? what they're saying now yeah is it i think that's yeah and i i say you never count the shooter in with that who yeah, cares I'm, about I'm, the I'm shooter shooter that. doesn't count He's subhuman uh, to me. He's, he doesn't count. Yes, so. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the largest. Uh, I mean, there's a, a bunch of different. Um, uh, I heard CNN ticking off a bunch of different uh, most evers that this was. It was, the, it was the biggest terrorist attack since 9-11. It was the biggest mass shooting in U.S. history. It was the biggest attack on gays in U.S. history. And I guess they were saying it's also technically the biggest attack on Hispanics in U.S. history. Um, mm. At least according to Chris Cuomo, who is in, I think he's in the Douche Hall of Fame, right? I believe he is. Is Chris Cuomo? I don't know if he's actually, he is, he's in, um, which, so you take that information uh, for what it's worth, obviously. Um, you know, I don't know if any of those are true. Um, but, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a terrible, terrible uh, situation. And you wonder, I, mean, I don't, I honestly don't know how to stop something like that. I, because... People will say, well, then if you don't know, we should do gun control. No, I know that's not going to work either. And because, I mean, this proves it. The, the, the gun, think about this. They're saying now that terrorists are using guns more because the U.S. has essentially a crackdown on explosives. Anytime you buy one of these explosive elements uh, or think something that could be used by a bomb, they're noticing these things, they're noticing mm-hmm. the trends, and they're stopping them over and over and over again. So they've now just they've moved to guns because guns are a constitutional right and easier to get. Um, so, okay, you know what? 
all right, there you go. You've uh, you, you've come up with with that new thing. If you crack down on guns, they will go to AR-15s, for example. They will just get other guns that will do the same thing. As every time I we talk about this, uh, someone who owns guns will point out the long gun aspect of it, the AR-15 scary assault rifle uh, aspect of it is not part. It doesn't make it easier to kill. If you have a uh, um, a semi-automatic handgun, you can get as many bullets off. You know, it might be, you know, you're going to kill, you can kill just as many people with uh, with the right amount of, with the right equipment, whether it's an AR-15 or not. Um, and if they crack down on guns, they'll go to something else. I mean, think of how many people, uh, we've seen old elderly people crash into parades and wipe out a bunch of people. They can start doing that all over the country. They want to kill you. And there's always a way. Arson is another way, an easy way. Think about the last major uh, catastrophe we had in a nightclub was the one in Rhode Island, at least the last one in my memory. Uh, which was not arson, but it was just a terrible fire that killed hundreds of people. Hundreds of people died in that thing, right? Wasn't that the... You remember that thing in Rhode Island? I, I think yeah. it was... I, I don't think, remember the death count, but yeah, it, was it was a lot. It was huge. It was a lot. Huge. I mean, there are a million different ways that terrible people can do terrible things to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the issue here is not going to be guns. We, we, you know, that's just a silly, silly distraction to act as if we feel we're doing something. But what do you do? You know... It's a situation. Here's a guy who went through 28 years with no criminal record and was born on our soil. So even Trump's Muslim ban does nothing here. Mm -hmm. Right. This guy has he is a U.S. citizen. Okay, And for people saying, well, his dad came in here from another country. Well, so did Trump's dad or Trump's mom, at least came in from another country. So you would be also banning Donald Trump in this situation. You can't ban the children of immigrants. That's not a legitimate policy. If they're here legally, they have a child here, uh, they're U.S. citizens. The Constitution says even if they're here illegally and they have children here, uh, they're U.S. citizens, or at least that's the way it's been uh, you know, decided in the courts. Point being that you, it's very difficult to take someone who's shown, uh, who's committed no crimes in his entire life, and restrict a constitutional right on the outside chance that maybe, perhaps, they might actually do something. Lots of people look mm-hmm. crazy. I run into them daily. We work with one right over here every single day mm-hmm. uh, who's currently, it looks like he's enjoying a strawberry way too right. much right now. Oh, there he is. Now he's on this yeah. picture right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what we're saying, Jeffy, who's still not here today. Uh, but that, again, is his entire role in the show. So why There not, it is. Uh, do, do it that way. Uh, but the point is, like, I could come up with hundreds of people I think are crazy that I bump every person I go into you know you go into a store if you go into a store walk through any store in america you're likely to find somebody who looks a little bit nuts to you at least one person you can't restrict everyone who looks nuts to you or you think might be suspicious or you think looks at you kind of a weird way you have to have real reasons in this country that's one of the reasons why the country's great is because we don't just imprison people because they look suspicious mm-hmm and, uh, you know, it seems to me that that's the only thing we can come to right now is either, well, we either need to ban the Second Amendment, no more guns, or ban the First Amendment. All Muslims get to the freedom of religion. Screw that. No Muslims allowed. You just can't do either of those things. No. What we could do, though, is call it what it is, and that's Islamic terror. It's, it's radical Islamic terror. Again. Again. As almost always. That's what this is. Again. And instead, Obama continues to avoid that. And continues to now it's homegrown terror, it's homegrown extremism. Yeah, and not even terror, homegrown extremism is what he's calling this. Yeah, to make it sound like it's a group of people who don't like the government and they're fighting against taxes, and that's why they went and killed forty nine right. homosexuals at a club. Right, I mean, it's just 
it's so asinine and so irritating and uh, and so it, insane. And using it for their political purposes. And, every and, time. And every again, Hillary Clinton is time. coming out and doing the thing we're requesting, saying Islamic extremism. And that is but smart of her. It is smart. But she has also, to do that because she's going up against uh, Trump, who, for whatever reason, is perceived as really good on this issue. I don't know why, but he is. So well, that's why so many people congratulate him, Pat. They congratulate him yeah, for... Like when the 50 people died in the nightclub, they were like, you know what I need to do is congratulate Donald Trump. That for, was, I mean, that's kind of a weird response, but what were they congratulating him for? Because he's the only person who's honest about Islamic terrorism. Uh, no, he's not. Um, in fact, we've been honest about it, written several books on it. Uh, but it is about Islam. It is about Islam, for one. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think that came out even before Trump's candidacy, did it not? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. Also, so, you, you might notice that uh, every candidate, even the crappy candidates in the field, uh, were uh, pretty hard on Islamic terrorism on the Republican side. Any one yes. of the seventeen would any one of them on that particular been, issue would have been fine. I mean, I think some. I think Cruz would, right. would do the best job personally. Yes. But I mean, there are others that would. I mean, even Lindsey Graham is tough on Islamic terrorism. And I'm sure he's <laughs> accepting the the uh, congratulations as well. Oh um, yeah. Do you, you, so you didn't. See, you're not. Uh, Pat is uh, as as he's known on Twitter. Twitterless Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on the Twitter. He's on the Facebook though. You could thumb up him there. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> The uh, the issue is uh, he tweeted right after the um, uh, killings. I think his first one was like prayers go out to the victims. So he had something pretty tame, which was probably not written by him. Then he went into typical Trump mode, which started off with something I, I'm, I'm you know trying to remember off the top of my head, but it was uh, it was something to the effect of um, uh, uh, God. Let me see if I can actually just find the because I don't I don't want to do him a, the disservice. Uh, um, uh, of, of misremembering his uh, tweets. No, because they're all so powerful. Yeah. That you want to put them just the way he did. Because right. he's, a, he's a wordsmith. And the way he wields words is a lot of... It's, it's very much like some people wield a sword. Okay, so here it is. Yes, and you're right. Uh, appreciate the congrats for being right on radical Islamic terrorism. I don't want congrats. I want toughness and vigilance. We must be smart! Exclamation point. Uh, then there was, uh, and all the, you know, of course, all the, poly- all the celebrities and everyone was ripping him on that, including a lot of conservatives. Uh, then, uh, is President Obama finally going to mention the words radical Islamic terrorism? If he doesn't, he should immediately resign in disgrace. Uh, then what, what has happened in Orlando is just the beginning. Our leadership must, is weak and effective. I called it. I called it? Like... And asked uh, for the ban must be tough. Then he went on to talk about uh, the um, uh, the ad that Hillary Clinton wrote or put out about him, which was him mocking the disabled uh, guy, the reporter. Um, and of course, he denied it. And he said, "I would never mock the disabled." M O C H, mock the disabled. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, and of course, it's a flat-out lie. In yeah, addition yeah. to not being able to spell the word "mock," which is uh, it's four letters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hard to get those right. And I guess available if you search the internet, to, the spelling of "mock" is available. It's actually on there. Since when? Do we I, guess, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was that after his tweet or? that was posted. It probably, probably, probably came in after I, the tweet. Okay, maybe you're right. Uh, but for him to deny that he made fun of that that handicapped uh, journalist is despicable. I mean, and, and it's so. Such an obvious lie. Again, he lies all the time. 
no matter what. He and is, then he lies about his lies. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people today were like, uh, will you finally uh, get in line now with Donald Trump after this, no. this attack? I'm actually <clears throat> less Donald Trump now than I've ever been. Well, and there's no indication that he'll do anything about this. What? Why do you assume that Donald Trump will do anything about it, it, a radical Islam because he says he will? All of a sudden, we should take the the word of a politician now, uh, despite the fact that they're meaningless. Any word a politician spews, and he's shown us that all of his words are meaningless because everything he has said, he has gone back on. Everything. He has gone back on virtually every word he's ever said during the course of this campaign. So why would we take this to the bank and say, yeah, well, he said he's going to be really tough and he's going to destroy him. It's going to be easy. So I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. That's so oh, stupid. And he also said he won't get us into wars. Yeah. Because he's, he's, yeah. he's Mr. Uh, isolationist. Uh, and he's also said, I'm going to leave uh, ISIS to Russia. Let them deal with it. Yeah. I mean, so again, the good thing about I mean, Trump is if you want to find a way to support him, he's said every option. He, everything. Uh, every available option. But we're supposed to uh, believe the one option that they want us to believe at this particular moment. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to believe he would be good on this. I honestly, He's a real he, estate guy. He's not a terror fighter. <laughs> he's not even a good real estate guy. Jeez, uh, man. I will say that, like, you have a... a um, there is a an element or a strain of conservatism that is not that not on Trump's uh, bandwagon, who is concerned about his stance on the Iraq War. In that, like he is a guy who is who fought against the Iraq War, and he's he's against that, and he's not going to go on all these wars. And and conservatives need to understand that there is a time for national defense. I honestly don't think that's a real criticism of Trump. My honest belief is he'll fly off the handle off anybody, and we'll go into we'll be in wars all the time. Like, he's much more likely than any other candidate to get us into a war. He's retroactively judging the Iraq war as unpopular and saying he opposed it when there's no evidence at the time that he actually did oppose it. In fact, there's evidence that he did actually believe in it, as he, in an interview with Howard Stern, where he said, yeah, I will, yeah, yeah, I, I would go in, I would go in, but you gotta be, you gotta do it better than last time. He's one of those guys that he's retroactively judging the popular position to be against the Iraq war, which is why he's against the Iraq war. But when he was in the moment, think about how he's gone after people for the dumbest, slightest things. This is not a man who's going to hold back when there's a real uh, terrorist threat. If anything, he's going to judge threats poorly and jump into these things too often. I think that is a much more likely thing of a Trump president, uh, feature of a Trump presidency, rather than him holding back too often. What has he held back about anything in his life? Uh, never. He's never been. He never. is not known uh, for uh, his subtlety. I don't think he's going. Oh yeah, but no. he's going to be really restrained on foreign policy. No, he's not. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. And there's a really interesting article. We might have it in here today um, about how what. You know, because everyone says, oh, I don't want Trump to have the nuclear codes. It's, it, it, you have it in there? Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. Um, we'll get to this here maybe in a minute. The, the actual process you need to hear about how our nuclear weapons would be fired if Donald Trump was actually in office. What is the process of that? There's a lot of things. There's a huge process probably behind that. You'd be mm -hmm. amazed to actually hear it. We should do this coming up. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Um, our uh, sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. Uh, we of course encourage you to start your short term emergency food supply right away. You yeah, can't get it after the emergency starts, Pat. It's not a good time. 
Really not. Uh, so now would be a really good time, actually, before there is an emergency. And my Patriot Supply has brought back their best offer ever. It is uh, 72 hours of emergency food. So three meals a day for three days for $10. It's just something I, I don't think you can beat this deal anywhere. No. And, and I, well, what I like about it, too, is it's a very minimal investment. You go and you get $10, you got three days, you take care of the... I mean, you're probably taking care of, what, three quarters of possibilities yeah. by just knocking this one thing out? I mean, yeah. you know, obviously there are, you know, huge food supply disruptions and things like that that could last longer. Yeah, long-term you know, things that... And, and you, you should know. be prepared for that stuff. And obviously my patrons at Kapali can do all that for you. But, like, to get rid of most of the stuff this is a great place to start 10 bucks is easy great place to start so do it call right now 888-411-6844 that's 888-411-6844 or online at preparewiththeblaze.com when our water heater broke down last month it was a nightmare it took five hours for the plumber to show up and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out then it cost another eighteen hundred dollars to put in the new water heater By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on water. Washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1 800 686 3910. That's 1 800 686 3910. Again, 1 800 686 3910. Call now. Welcome to Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. Surprisingly, people are describing this uh, shooter in Orlando as unstable. Uh, showed signs of emotional trouble, you think? Yeah. Beat his ex-wife, too, supposedly. Yeah, just, uh, just a real dirtbag. Uh, yeah. um, here's his former boss, Daniel Gilroy, who uh, worked with him at G4S Security in Port St. Lucie. What Omar was like was he was a very troubled person he was he had a lot of rage in him and um what mostly we talked about was police related issues and current events and he wanted to know what i thought about certain issues in the community or what was going around the nation um and i was born happy to engage him in conversation so that i can maintain a positive work relationship with him when i say that he was unstable or unhinged uh, I mean, this was a man that would lose his temper for no reason. Um, He would kick walls, slap desks. Um, I've seen him throw the chair across the room one time. Um, But but he also had a lot of hatred for people, um, Mm. black people, women. He did not like um, Jews. He did not like um, uh, Hispanics, nor did he like um, gay or lesbian people. Jeez, why did you keep him on staff? In a security job, of all things. That is crazy. 
I mean, it's <clears> easy, <throat> I guess, to look back at that and, and, and question guess so. afterwards. But still, like, just forget the shooting for a second. I mean, even someone who just was, like, outwardly saying, you know who I don't like are the Jews. Um, I think I don't want them on staff, especially with mm-hmm. a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you know, I guess it's easy to second-guess that stuff afterwards. Um, uh, NBC, uh, one of their guests, of course, uh, is going to point out that it's it's a Tea Party member, white person. Well, you know, um, you know it must have been. It must have been, right? Except it wasn't. It wasn't. Let's As watch. always. Who is he? Why is he attacking this club? Is he attacking it for a reason? Who goes there? Who attends there? Is it just because it's a diverse club and he hates diverse people? You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, domestic terrorists we classify that that do that. They're rooted in uh, white hate movements. And so it could be that. But the FBI has also said they haven't ruled out internationally inspired Mm -hmm. when they were asked by a reporter. So it's sort of unclear there. It's sort of unclear. I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously have a problem with this because they do it every single time. Every um, time. Rooted I, in white hate. Though there's an element of that answer that him just listing types of terrorism, right? Like, he's just like, well, it could be blank. It could be. There's no news there. He's just saying, like, here's the people it could be. Now, they seem to always... They always yeah, they go to some white hate group yeah. that never seems to do this. <laughs> and it's true. I, just, I don't uh, know of a white hate group who has committed mass suicide, mass killings like this. Can you think of one? I, can't. I mean, some of these people uh, were had some. The Chattanooga situation was uh, sort of race based, wasn't it? Um, it wasn't uh, yeah, a white. He hate, might have been. It wasn't a white hate group. Uh, no. it was just an individual. But still, uh, you know, I mean, obviously that does happen. Uh, but it's it's much more common to be Islamic extremism. Let me make a, a slight semantic point because I. I get that the word diversity tests great or something, so everyone has to say something. it. And anyone who's not a white male is considered diversity. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just summarize that if someone... I mean, of course, many of the people here killed, by the way, were white males. Probably the large majority of them were white males. But they were gay, so they don't count as white males, I guess. Uh, but the, the, this guy in the middle is like, well, look, I don't, we don't know if you targeted this because it's a diverse club. It's actually the complete opposite of a diverse club. They, it was not only was it a gay club, so that you know, obviously, straight people go occasionally to gay clubs. However, it's somewhat—it's not the majority of the people inside. Generally speaking, they were all members of the gay group, right? Mm-hmm. They all the gay community, and then even more specifically, it was Latin gay night at this club. So this not—it wasn't even really targeted at all gays. Uh, this, the club's uh, festivities for the evening. They were t- targeted specifically at Latin gays. So this is not a diverse club. It is a club uh, that was specifically targeted towards a specific community. I have absolutely no problem with that at all. And it's obviously a minor point in the grand scheme of things. But you can't just... Th- d- diverse doesn't mean everything you want it to mean. It you know, like, it, <laughs> it means... In fact, the reason he targeted this club because he hated gays, was because he knew it wasn't diverse. He knew it was all gays. If it was diverse, it was a mix of gays and straights, he probably would have gone to another club that was all gays because he wanted to kill gays. Uh, really a bizarre statement, but it's something that just shows the way that this word gets thrown about. Based on what his boss said about him hating Hispanics uh, I wonder, and gays, I wonder if he specific, specifically targeted the club that night because he knew it was Latin night. He knew it was Latin night. It's possible, yeah. Um, really something. Yeah. Now, none of this analysis made it into the president's speech. 
Um, oh, none of, he did not talk about it's it. Very how surprising. It was. It's weird. He did huh. not talk about it at all. Very um, uh, but it did. Uh, it, he did talk about. I, I don't know how you would rate this one. It doesn't seem like his worst speech of all time, which would mm. be a really high bar. But it was typical Obama. Here he is talking about uh, the Orlando shooting. Today marks the most deadly shooting in American history. The shooter was apparently armed with a handgun and a powerful assault rifle. Handgun wasn't powerful. This massacre though. is therefore a further reminder of how easy it is for someone oh, to get their hands up. on a weapon that lets them shoot people oh, in a school or in a house of worship or a movie theater or in a nightclub. Keep doing it. And we have to decide Jeez. if that's the kind of country we want to be. And to actively do nothing is a decision as well. That's yeah, pretty bad. I mean, that's pretty, pretty bad. bad. That, that's that all clip. guns again. That's all gun control. Yes, that's the garbage. Clip. That's the clip we pulled. The whole thing wasn't all about guns, but still. It no, was, I know that. It, but, know, that's a but on the day of yep. the event, yep. it's all about gun control. Every time. And, and, you know, we do have to decide whether a, 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 we want to be a country that has easy access to guns. He's right on that. And it was decided in, I think, 1791. Yeah. Um, it was decided. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. I mean. The point here, when the Bill of Rights, when was, the Bill of Rights was ratified, yeah, ratified, which I, I'm getting the dates a little bit mixed up there. But the point being uh, that there's a Second Amendment, and that's when we made the decision that we want to be that country. Now, if you want to, to, you can still choose to not be that country. You just need to overturn that pesky amendment. Maybe you can do it. I mean, you know, you get enough of these shootings. It's well, not impossible we don't that you want do to overturn the Second Absolutely Amendment. Absolutely, nothing could course. be further from the truth. Of course, we. they do. We want there to be guns. We just want common sense reform is all we're looking for. Uh, we we just don't want guns piled up in 7-Elevens and just being handed out for free to every customer that walks through the door. That's all we're asking for. Because right now, you that's what you have. You, you go into a 7-Eleven, you got all these assault rifles just piled up in a corner, and the clerk just says, take one on your way out. That's That's got to stop. That's not what happens. To listen to them, you would yeah, think it but does. It is. It is. You right. would. Th- you would think. And I will say that it's so frustrating to hear them pander. Alan Grayson did this uh, the other day. Uh, he's done it in multiple interviews. But he says, "Oh, look, uh, this our AR-15. We need to get rid of these assault, these dangerous assault rifles." As if the handgun's not dangerous. By the way, <laughs> I love that um, the dangerous assault rifles uh, because you don't use those for hunting. Now, look, this is a obvious pander to. People who might be in the you know the middle of the country, they go out hunting, they have their guns, and when they hear Obama say, I want to get rid of guns, they say, wait a minute, I have a gun, and I'm a good person, and I, I go hunting with it, and I, I don't... I don't want to lose my guns. They might not be. They not, might not be well versed in the Second Amendment or Second Amendment theory uh, or Second Amendment law. But they, what they do know is they have a gun and they're a good person and they go hunting. You know, a couple times with their you know kids uh, in, in the summer, and they don't want to lose their access. So it's like a pander to those people. Look, I. The only re- we of course we need guns for you guys to hunt, but we're, well, that's not who we're talking about here. That's why we're only going to get rid of these dangerous assault rifles. It's a pander to those people. We all know here, of course, that the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. Nothing to do with hunting. It has to do with personal protection and protecting the liberty of a nation. Um, and those things are what is really important here. Hunting is such a, it's such a pander to those voters. It infuriates me because it doesn't, I don't, first of all, the AR-15 is used for hunting all the time. I mean, every mm-hmm. time someone says that, I get people uh, 
tweeting me, emailing me, Facebooking, and saying, look, I is. use it all the time. You know why I use it for hunting? Because I, I can depend on it. It's a good, dependable weapon. And, and you know, you've seen uh, liberals say, well, what we need, they shoot too accurately. You, you're complaining that guns shoot too accurately? You want them to miss and hit other things? <laughs> I think when you shoot something, uh, you probably want it to hit the thing you're shooting at. When there's a burglar coming into your home, you want to make sure it doesn't hit your nice painting. You want it to hit the person. Yeah, but you're you're missing the last part of the Second Amendment where it says the right shall not be infringed, uh, especially if you have your deer tags. Oh, you know, so I always do forget that. You always forget that little part. <laughs> deer tag. Where it is about The deer hunting. tag clause is what's Yeah, the known. deer tag clause. Yeah. It's, it, a lot of lawyers call it that. Yeah, the deer tag clause. I'm just trying to be, you know, for the layperson, I'm just spelling out the actual wordage, the mm. verbiage there, mm-hmm. and that's... Unless you don't have your deer tags, then of course we don't want you to have a gun. So, yeah. I mean, it is about hunting. I noticed you you ignored that particular. I, I have to admit it. I have to admit <laughs> you it. You did ignore it, didn't mm-hmm. you, bastard? Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents to it coming up in a second here. Well, maybe a little. Yeah, it's going to be actually a couple minutes because we have to actually air the full commercials. We can't just like interrupt them in the middle. Why? Back. I mean, I guess that's part of their contract. But why? They say, hey, here's 30 seconds. Can you air this full 30 seconds? Why? And then we say, well, I guess we. If you want it to do the full 30, or do you want to? Seven two seven Beck, Pat and Stu. We need to change our laws. Mm-hmm. We need to change our constitution on what you can do to a person that you suspect. You should be you know? able to throw them in prison if Forever. you think that person. Just leave, them. leave them. Just leave them. Yeah. You, well, once they're in, they should never come out. Um, you put them in there and you say, "I think you might do something someday." This is the same thing as the gun deal. I mean, well, why can't he was on a he was suspected? You can't do this stuff on suspicion. They suspect thousands of people. Yeah. Tens of thousands. Maybe hundreds of thousands of people are suspected of something somewhere by some governmental agency. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, to give a quick example, uh, the, uh, I was reading a story about the Orlando situation, and they said that 40, they're currently, I think the number was 45, 45 people that the FBI is currently monitoring because of terrorism 24 hours a day. Because so, they can't so arrest these, them. These they, are people so dangerous, right, but they, they think, by whatever communications they've monitored or whatever, that they believe they're about to commit a terror terror act. And maybe not like, uh, you know, an inevitable or like going to happen at any moment terrorist attack. But every place that person drives, they believe they could be and they follow committing, up. A, uh, committing an attack. So they follow them everywhere they go, 24 hours a day. Wow. And there's 45 people in America where that's currently happening to them. And they said, that, you know, it's a huge trade on resources, obviously, because you're talking about teams and teams of people to get something like that done. Um, but, uh, you know, with the uh, with this guy in Orlando, I guess they had um, they really, you know, they thought he was dangerous. They thought he was a radical, but they couldn't make anything stick. Uh, there was nothing. They didn't have anything on him. They just he just seemed suspicious. That's not enough in this country. And by the way, every left wing person um, should remember 
every group that you're trying to get their votes all the time had to go through these things a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of what the way many black people were treated back in the day, particularly in the South, obviously, uh, where, you know, this would happen all the time. We still or, hear about it. Today. Yeah, we still hear about it today. Um, and, pulled know, over for for being black while driving. Yeah. Or driving while black. Yeah. But I mean, you, you go back I mean, it's a lot. Of, it's some, you know, obviously that does happen still to this day. It happens with, you know. I mean, you know, there's making a murderer. If you believe that case, it's a white dude, you know, I mean, who was targeted by police. It was constantly harassed by police. I mean, you know, whether you believe that case or not is is another thing. Bottom line is that when a government uh, gets to decide who's suspicious and whether they find anything or not, uh, they don't have to go through the jury system. They just say, well, you know what? That guy's suspicious. Let's take away his constitutional rights. You're not operating in the United States of America anymore. You're not operating under the Constitution. Mm hmm. Uh, so that's a, kind of a major thing, and, and the left is just all over it because it feels so good. It feels so good to be able to say, look, if we suspect someone of terrorism, obviously they can't, we can't let them go buy guns. And that, I understand that instinct, and I think most people will be like, yeah, I mean, you can't let a guy who you think is on the terrorist list go. Of course not. But this is a constitutional right. Now, if you want to make them go through an extra layer of security at the airport, that's another thing. It's not a constitutional right, and you're not even stopping them in most cases. I mean, there is a no-fly list, but there's also additional security lists and things like that. Uh, but, you know, to go through something where it's a, 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 a constitutional right, to, to remove that from someone is a big deal. You don't do it because you think they might do something down the road. If you want to get rid of the constitutional right, there is a, a way to do that. Repeal the Second Amendment. Go for it. And you know what? Honestly... In this country, at this point, I wouldn't, wouldn't be, be surprised. surprised if you can get it done. I wouldn't either. But stop acting like you can do these things with the Second Amendment in place. You can't. And you can't do it with the Fifth Amendment in place. You can't do it with the First Amendment in place. I mean, I, I'm amazed by how many people are like, you know, uh, and this comes from, the, from generally Trump supporters who say, well, look, we uh, can't, uh, you can't punish a gun owner because all, uh, rec- you know, Normal gun owners, the millions of normal gun owners who don't commit crimes, by uh, taking away all the rights because one bad gun owner did something. Agree. But they, you ask them about Muslims, and the exact opposite mm-hmm. comes through. It's like, oh, well, of course we can ban all Muslims from coming into the country, of course. I mean, because, you know, some of them are bad. Well, you know, look, you can't do those things. Those are bad things to do. You know, I, you know while I agree uh, terrorism is a, a huge problem and Islamic extremism is not taken seriously here, uh, that is a reason to do great background checks before they come into the country. Uh, I think coming especially from certain regions, it's, it's a really good thing to do. But you don't, freedom of religion is something we hold, cherish, we cherish here. And to I ask, act as if you should, it's like, oh, we get rid of the First Amendment or we get rid of the Second Amendment. That's the only two answers to somebody getting shot in a, in a nightclub. It's like, no, that, that should not be the way it is. I mean, it's a tragic, tra- tragic circumstance and it's very difficult to stop these things. Last time I heard Obama saying uh, something like, uh, I, I just can't accept that in a free society, this is just something that we have to deal with. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's a hard thing to accept. But there are certain things that in a free society, they're going, you're going to have a higher percentage uh, uh, of it happening than in China, let's say. In China, where you don't have freedom of movement, where you don't have the, the right to own a gun, where you don't have freedom of expression, it oppresses people's ability to do good things and bad things. So, 
I mean, I, and nobody wants to concede that, yeah, it's just going to happen. We can't do anything about it. But what you have to do is go after the root problem, and the root problem are, uh, is not guns. Guns are not the root of this problem. The root of this problem that we're talking about today is Islamic extremism. The root of the problem oftentimes is uh, mental illness uh, or somebody who's become so desensitized to human life that there's no value to it for them, that they think everything's a, uh, I, I don't know, a video game or something. Uh, there's also f a serious breakdown in the family problems in this country. There's a lot of different issues that they refuse to even look at or bring up yeah. that are contributing to these problems. And as long as there are things that are sharp, that can light fires, that are heavy. People will be killed. People will be killed by mm -hmm. other people. It's going to happen. I, I mean, I remember mm -hmm. going, uh, when my kids were really young, they were in this, um, uh, like, my gym class. It was like a little, like, toddler's gym and it was like they would go and get little exercises and swings and they would play basketball they would do all these cute little things and the entire place is a giant padded dream for parents because you, you walk, they walk around the house they might bump into a table they might fall down they might fall down and hit their face against the corner of the wall uh, they might fall down on a sharp toy not in this place because everything's padded and everything's soft so you know, as a parent, you can go in there for a freaking hour and your kid's not going to crack his head open. Can we tell the country? That's what I think people want. They do. They want the entire country to be this place where nothing can happen bad to them. Well, you can't have that. You can't have it. The only way you can have that is, I mean, you, there is no way you can have it. But, I mean, if you want to have it, you're going to take all the freedoms away from everybody. I mean, I don't know. Does this stuff happen in North Korea? Maybe not. Of course, the government's killing everybody, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and they also have uh, no money and no health care, and everyone dies really early, mostly in death camps. So, I mean, you can have that if you really want it. Based on population, most people have decided it's better to live here than there. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. more patents do coming up. In Though it. it is difficult to escape there. So Yeah, it is. I, I will say that <laughs> yes, if you is. wanted to live here, a lot of times you can. A lot of times. Uh, so that Sorry, North Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Our incredibly large Pyongyang uh, audience. Yeah, we're good. Dang! I, meant, I teased this earlier. Should we get to this Trump uh, nuclear codes thing? I think yes. this is kind of interesting. We never got to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I never really thought of this before, reading this article. People are worried about Trump having the nuclear codes. It's kind of like a talking point for Hillary Clinton. Um, and honestly, uh, as someone who in their lives will never vote for Hillary Clinton, I'm also worried about Trump having the nuclear codes. I will say, um, though, can we get a close-up of the, uh, uh, yeah, that? Uh, you notice the uh, sweat pouring down his face. You yeah. notice the expression, and yelling it, and screaming like a madman. And they, of course, shrunk his hands in Photoshop. <laughs> which is no, no, they didn't do anything what? there. No, he's just got teeny hands. Really? Yeah, just teeny hands. But then the headline: What exactly would it mean to have Trump's finger on the nuclear button? And they make it seem like I mean, this is kind of yellow journalism. Because they show you that, well, oh my gosh, he's sweating like a pig for no reason. And he's yelling and screaming, he'll probably kill us all. 
It's a little unfair, I would say. Although I agree with the, with the sentiment. It may be dangerous, Yeah, but so, that's, that's uh, What ridiculous. I found interesting about this was that, um, um, is this part of it? Because people have been talking about this since Goldwater, right? That was the big, you yeah. know, back in the day. Um, what would it mean to really have Trump's fingers on the nuclear button? We don't really know, but we do know this. In the atomic age, when decisions can be made very quickly, the presidency has evolved into something akin to a nuclear monarchy with a single phone call. The commander-in-chief has virtually unlimited power to rain down nuclear weapons on any adversarial regime in any country at any time. There are no checks. You might, you might imagine this awesome executive power would be hamstrung with checks and balances. But by law, custom, um, and uh, congressional deference, there may be no responsibility where the president has more so we absolute, could, we, absolute control. we could attack Canada. At any time, right? At yes. any time. I mean, I guess it's the kind of. I mean, this is not even a Donald Trump related it's, matter. Right. It seems like now we, we want to give obviously, like you have what, you know, Russians, uh, the, the Soviets in the back in the day mm-hmm. launched their nuclear weapons. You got to respond, right? Like you only have a few minutes. So what do you do with checks and balances? But it is kind of insane to think about the idea that really just one person could end the world if the wrong person gets control of these things. Well, and you always think, well, d- wait, doesn't the unlocking mechanism require two keys? from two guys who can't reach by themselves, so it's got to be two guys. They put the key in at the same time, and they turn the key at the same time, but that probably only applies to, like, nuclear submarines and whatatever. Yeah, maybe. So I mean, are I, they talking about I think our land-based like, nuclear arsenal? It's he not could, like he could press a button and it launches, but his authority does it. Now, he'd have to call. If i I got to call you to launch him, right? So I'm the yeah. president, and I call, hey, Pat, I want to launch I want to blow up Canada. In theory, I guess you could just say no. In theory, um, yeah, you could. And it might actually happen if he did something that outlandish. It, it very well may. But it would be an illegal action. Again, I, we've said this with Snowden before. You can also you can be a patriot and a traitor. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, you know that would be a situation where if we're going to blow up Toronto, especially if the Blue Jays were home, uh, you know that would be uh, that would be something you should, of course, say no to. Um, but that is it's kind of amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the call has never happened, but if it ever does, the situation would be as stressful and dangerous as anything gets inside the Oval Office. The closest we came to a call occurred in 1979, when the consoles at our early warning hub in Colorado lit up with indications of a large-scale Soviet missile attack. President, uh, uh, this is uh, Mika's dad, right? Mika's yeah. dad, the National Security Advisor, it's a big new version, so. um, uh, received back-to-back calls in the middle of the night informing him of the imminent nuclear destruction of the United States. Second call reported an all-out really? attack. Really? Wow! You never I, heard this? Story? I've never heard this. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Brzezinski never was heard seconds away from walking uh, from uh, waking Carter to pass the dreadful news and convince him of the need to order retaliation without delay within a six-minute deadline. Um, just before he picked up the call, I received a third call, this time canceling the alarm. It was a mistake caused by human error. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, pretty amazing. A training tape of Good an all-out Soviet golly. attack had inadvertently slipped into the actual real-time attack warning network. Um, that's an incredible story. And there's something about... Uh, I've never heard it either. Yeah. You'd heard it before? I had heard that one before, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's incredible. It was really close. Jeez, that's, I, that, that would be a great movie. It would be. It would be a great movie. It might last not that long. Six yeah, weeks. Like, it took three minutes. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, there was suspense, but it, it's three minutes worth. So maybe it's a not a lot good movie. of. Maybe it's more of like a YouTube. A video. short. Maybe it's a short. It's a short. Okay. Yeah. Maybe there you it's go. A short. They have those uh, awards they always give out that no one watches uh, for the Oscars. The short term, the right. short documentaries, and the short right. films. Uh-huh. Just put it in there. You can put win. it in that. Yeah. I think so. You're welcome, yeah. by the way, for right. winning that award for you. Mm-hmm. Now go make it. 
it is the ever popular Pat and Stu show, the show called by many uh, the greatest show ever done on television. And, uh, you know, that humbles us a great deal. So we, we, you make us blush, wouldn't you? I say? mean, you're right. I mean, obviously, but. You're right. And, yeah. we, you know, if you, you'd be an idiot if you didn't think that. Yeah. And uh, we try not to dwell on it, you know. But uh, we appreciate your saying it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, look, we appreciate the congratulations for us winning. <laughs> uh, but that's not what we want. What we want is strength and, and we vigilance. Want, and toughness. Mm-hmm. We want toughness. Uh, and there is somebody out there who is uh, tough on virtually everything. And that person is Nancy Pelosi, as you know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Nancy Pelosi leads the way well, on toughness. And we showed you that her bravery... When it came to the her electoral endorsement, oh, man, she was out there in the very beginning of the end, right, right the at very the, end of the beginning. Yeah, she was if out it, there. Well, no, she was actually past the, the okay. End of it the was beginning. it was past. She was right at the she was right at the beginning of the new beginning, though, she, which but, was the general right election. at the very beginning of of sort of what is uh, the end of the last thing, but the beginning of something else. Well, she took a, a strong you know? stance as minority leader to endorse the Democratic candidate instead of the Republican candidate. She went ahead and did that. Uh, when, and bless when, her heart, man, I didn't think she'd have the courage, but she did. Mm-hmm. And uh, now she has the courage to tell us things that we need to know uh, about the free market system, about government's role in society, because a lot of people don't understand that the federal government invented the iPhone. Uh, yeah, I was I was on that weird I was on this this uh, conspiracy theory for a while. Admittedly, I was I was on under this weird belief that like some strange man, you know, in in this weird building, this company, this in the mm. private sector invented it. And obviously, it's not, <laughs> what? Well, I know it's not true now. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, a, like but, a private sector guy. Yeah, that is what I thought. <laughs> I, I, for, he created the iPhone. Yes, I for a while. I mean, I, oh man, I'm trying to give you a nice. You can't just do that. I'm trying to confess something embarrassing and just laughing. <laughs> it is. Well, come on. It's mean, just butt stupid. Well, as it I gets. admit that. I, <laughs> oh, that's like admitting, for wow. example, like that you believed. <laughs> Uh, 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 an Islamic gunman went into a uh, uh, into Orlando and mm-hmm. shot up fifty people. It's like that. People. It's Instead like that. Instead of when a hateful know, white racist Christian guy, or or as or, we all know, the real truth is, by the way, and this is confirmed now. Oh, it is. Uh, false flag operation didn't happen. Is this the uh, Alex Jones he has come out theory now? It's a false flag. It's a false flag already. Everything is a false flag. Oh my gosh! There are no flags. They're all false. If some of the people that think, hey, he's pretty good on some issues, like he really likes Trump, he's pretty smart on some stuff. Uh, uh, First of all, I say, why are you slurring your S's like he does? But secondly, (laughs) do you know that Alex Jones doesn't believe in Islamic terror? That's all a fiction of the government's imagination. Trump went on the show, though, to talk to him, and I thought that was an important thing. That was great. Did he really? He's been on it before. Well, I, yes, he did. He yeah, did. that's right. a while ago. That's right. But, I mean, you notice now, like, Drudge and Breitbart uh, both just put up stories of Alex Jones saying stuff. It's like, yeah. Alex Jones says Trump is good. That's a news story? Like, uh, this crazy person likes the candidate you like, and you're it's putting unreal. it up? It's unreal. unbelievable. He's just, they're just trying to mainstream this guy, and he's, again, a guy who said that... He's not mainstreamable. No, he is not. Well, uh, if that's a word. Um, oh, you had the video of what? Which of what? Oh, 
Yeah, of what? Okay, we're going to show you the Nancy Pelosi video, but yeah, we, we have this opportunity that, to I mean, bring you the greatest video you, of all time. You can't pass it up. Okay, here it is. One more time. I like I'm putting chemicals in the water <laughs> to turn the friggin' frogs gay. Serious <laughs> 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 crap. <laughs> I'm in control now. Ridiculous. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Scum. Filth. It's over for the globalist. Break the conditioning now. Excuse me. Yo, 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 I got guns. I'll hurt you. I'll take you down. I'm a dangerous thug. If we want to call Hillary Clinton a lying, demonic, corporate witch. We can do it. You got that, Hillary? Sick of your crap. Yeah, hey, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, of course I can hear you. I just went to you. Yeah, uh, so first off, I'm super sure. male. My weight that loss accelerated. Really My file. muscle mass increased. I'm angry. I'm not a slave. I've broken the conditioning. It doesn't work on me. It was a summer of heaven and a winter of hell. <laughs> Just a little old man. He goes, ice cream. Google Warren Buffett's name and click images. Almost every images. And he goes, ice cream. I'm a patriot. You people are part of a fruitcake cult. Do you understand that? Get it through your heads. Its face is turning blue, and those little eyes are bugging out of that snot-nosed face. You want to fight? You're getting it. You will die, not us. <laughs> I know I'm evil, but I try to be good, and I hope God forgives me. I mean, that is the greatest thing of all time. Oof, I could just wow. watch that all day. Un. Hinged. The, that what the I, the one that really gets me is the caller. This guy, hey Alex, can you hear me? Oh, of course I'm gonna go. I wave to you. It's like what? He I, must have known that the guy was gonna say something that pisses him off, but he maybe yeah. prematurely got pissed off and or something. Will, will, I don't know. Will, uh, I don't know. Po like Glenn had this thing for a long time, which was like a catchphrase on the show called "Get off my phone." He, mm -hmm. It was like actually an old radio thing that he brought back years and years and years ago and he, every once in a while he'll pull it out and you know like uh, some caller will call up and only yell at him and say get off my phone he hasn't done it in years but every once in a while when he does it like the left's like oh, glenn beck melts down uh -huh. he's losing it <laughs> this guy's doing this every day yeah i mean he's constantly screaming at people like he's going to explode i the difference is he's, he's totally he's irrelevant. Really yeah, and yes, which irrelevant. Is, except for the fact, unless you're a Breitbart reader. Yes, which true. Now it's not even like, you know, it's just normal, uh, everyday opinions from Alex Jones or news stories. No, on Breitbart. Bizarre. I mean, that is a weird turn of events. This is a guy who is completely discredited by the conservative movement because he's the guy that blamed Bush for 9/11. That's what he's known for. Mm -hmm. And now Breitbart's embracing him. You blamed Republicans for bringing down. The World Trade Center and said that Islamic extremism wasn't involved in it. And as far as I know, this guy? he is he is the father of the 9/11 theory. He's I, a, yeah, at least the, the most well. It's like saying Glenn's the father of the Tea Party. Like he didn't necessarily start it. Yeah, I don't I'm know not sure he Jones didn't start it. it. He may have actually. started He it. might have. I, I you know he's he's into every conspiracy theory and yeah. has been since before 9/11. Yes. So because you interviewed him, you interviewed yeah. him after 9/11. It right? was after. Yeah, because we did. Yeah. A, we did a interview with a guy who, uh, and I don't know if it was after 9-11 now that I think about it. There's a guy who wrote a book about going to, with Alex Jones, to Bohemian Grove. I'm pretty sure that was after. It was. I think so.
<laughs> and uh, it was it was a really an entertaining interview. Yeah, entertaining. He actually went with him to the. Uh, he did. It was a pretty. That amazing. was the Golden Babies one, wasn't it? I think that was. I don't know that he did do the Golden Babies at one point. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, that was not where we were going. We were going to Nancy Pelosi, who invented. I guess maybe she personally invented the. It's iPhone. possible. Let's find out. Watch. Anybody here have a smartphone? In this smartphone, almost everything came from federal investments in research. GPS, what? created by the military, flat screens, LLD, digital camera, wireless data compression, uh, research into metal no alloy, um, alloys for strength and lightweight, voice recognition. The list goes on and on. If you want to know more, look at the uh, Association for the Advancement of Science in America, and they have the full list. They say... Steve Jobs did a good idea designing it and putting it together. Federal research invented it. Wow. She's an idiot. Wow. I think did NASA develop GPS? Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, they're the only ones allowed to launch, you know, uh, you have to get their clearance to launch satellites. Right. Uh, <laughs> global positioning indicates that uh, they had something to do with it. However, that does uh, you know that's not the case on a lot of the things that they claim. Uh, for example, the internet is one that they always love to say that the, the government invented, which is and not true at not. all. The guy who invented no. it was actually hired uh, by the government partially because he came up with this idea. He came up with the idea first. The private sector they liked the idea and they were like, "Oh, we should hire this guy. He's smart." And then yeah. they hi- the government hired him. Um, but that doesn't mean the government invented it. Uh, now, look, is there an argument for things like this where um, high levels of investment uh, can help uh, um, uh, the uh, advancements of, of science along? There's some arguments for it. Most of them fall apart when you look at the data. Um, you know, what, what they found in many, many areas of medical research is what happens is that it just raises salaries of doctors uh, when you start pouring money into research. Um, doesn't necessarily advance it any faster mm-hmm. uh, than the private sector could. And many times, of course, the private sector does it better most of the time. Um, but when you have something that you don't mind being done completely inefficiently, and that when coming up with invention is one of those things, like the invention process is really inefficient. You're trying a million different things and looking for the one thing that solves this problem. Um, and sometimes when you throw money at things like that, because uh, people don't want to try the one in a million shot or don't have the money to actually launch satellites into space, uh, you know, you can get these things off the ground and it could theoretically help. Um, so, I, I, you know, as I think even most libertarians would tell you, one of the last things they're cutting uh, is medical research, for example. Um, it's certainly military research is literally, I mean, I want advanced weapon technology to be going on. Your president's the one who said he wanted to slow weapons development. You do remember that, Lance, Nancy. That's not, that's not somebody mm-hmm. I elected. Your president is the one saying he wants to cut military spending uh, to stop these things. He wants to stop weapons development. And GPS is a very valuable... The reason... Look, I, I, I said, they, they didn't want you to get to grandma's house a little faster with GPS. They, were, they developed it because they wanted to target weapons. They wanted to use these things for military uses. And, and there's been great civilian use of it. But that's a side benefit of what they were doing. And that's the one industry you don't want to fund. Right. And, and it's interesting, too, that a lot of these things were developed uh, by NASA that she just ticked off there, um, like this, the cell phone technology. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it did come from NASA because they were trying to get to the moon. And when they got to the moon, then they were trying to develop other things. And so their exploration 
led to certain discoveries of really important products that we now use today that the private sector took and then developed and did something with. But it's people like Nancy Pelosi who thought NASA was worthless and killed the exploration program. I mean, she what what a hypocrisy for a liberal like this to say, who would have screamed the whole time that we've got our own problems on Earth. What are we doing exploring the heavens? Mm-hmm. Let's take care of the poor here. Well, okay, we did now. And now you don't have any more of that stuff. You don't have NASA. T- you don't have a group of scientists working together for the, for the good of getting us to some you know, incredible goal that's several years away. We don't, we don't have any more of that anymore. The only thing NASA does now is global warming research. What good is that going to do us? Eh, Probably none. Eh, Probably none. Meanwhile, uh, an Iranian goalkeeper has been suspended six months for wearing SpongeBob SquarePants pants. Um, (laughs) A picture surfaced online showing him wearing yellow pants that authorities described as SpongeBob SquarePants trousers. (laughs) And there they are. (laughs) So he's been suspended. Why wow, was they just, are. What was the what's the law he's breaking there? Because uh, I know women have a specific dress when it comes to uh, Syria, you know, Islamic um, wear, but they just said it's just inappropriate conduct. Uh, yeah, what's a the, committee charged with policing the morality of Iran's football federation imposes suspension. Uh, the morality committee summoned. Uh, Makani to face questions about the matter, and when he didn't appear in front of the pants, he didn't appear. He's wearing those pants, and he knew he was wearing those pants. Mm-hmm. There's a photograph of him in those pants, and yet he didn't appear before the committee. Hmm. Uh, so they suspended him for inappropriate conduct. <laughs> but showed his ankles, for one thing. Okay, Yellow dotted pants showed his ankles, and look how sexy his ankles are. Can we... Get a shot. I, I hesitate to do that. Please oh my gosh, look at that. try to control yourselves. Uh, but there's his ankles right there. It does show some ankleage. Wow. That is inappropriate. I can, you can also see the other guy's ankles, portions of them, and you see both pairs of arms. Mm. What sleazy douchebags those two are. <laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, back here on the uh, home front, uh, we have a good, good, finally a good development. We've been getting a lot of bad news today, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Finally, um, we have uh, this coming from the uh, world of education. The Wayne State uh, University, uh, which I'm a huge fan of. I actually graduated from that. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't from know. Wayne State? Mm-hmm. I don't which know. is located in... Yeah, yes. It yeah, is, it is okay. located. It is. They did locate it when they, when they first set down the cornerstone. They, they had to locate it. No, but that. you know where it's located, yeah, right? I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Are you telling me that? Of course I know. <laughs> uh, so uh, students uh, now, um, they had to take, in the, fa- in the past, uh, one of three different math classes before they could get their degree. Now, you have to take one math class to get your degree in this, in this college. No longer. Now they're going to drop the math requirement. That's really smart. Okay, we should actually do this uh, thing for Wonderful World of Stew. Uh, on the way schooling has changed over the years. Now, Pat, of course, you're very involved in this because you mm-hmm. actually run a school. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it, just looking at the way grades have changed uh, in colleges is absolutely amazing. Uh, you have to see the uh, the details on that coming up uh, in just a moment. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Uh, first of all, let's uh, before we go to break, we'll tell you about uh, Super Beats. Now, Super Beats is a great product. Uh, it actually tastes good. I'll tell you about that in a second. But actual athletes, like maybe Iranian SpongeBob pants wearing soccer players 
can use Super Beats because it's actually used by elite athletes because you get this nutrition and it's, what is it, nitric oxide? I don't know. I'm, I'm a slug that sits on a chair for several hours a day. But they actually do things, and they use this uh, to get more energy and get their uh, oxidation of their blood going. Um, now, one shot of Super Beats is equal to two liters of beet juice. Uh, and, you know, so again, you're going through and you're getting all the healthy things that come with uh, eating beets, but you don't have to actually eat beets. There's no beet taste. Uh, Super Beets is actually black cherry flavored. It's a delicious drink. You can just drink it. You're going to like it. Uh, and you get all these healthy benefits. StuLovesBeets.com. As you know, I don't care about the healthy benefits. I just want the good tasting drink. So that's why I like Super Beets. StuLovesBeets.com or 800-951-8896. Call it now. You'll get uh, the first, uh, I mean, you're going to get a great result out of your first free canister. Uh, it's guaranteed or your money uh, is back to you. So you want to, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, there's no risk here. 800-951-8896 or StuLovesBeats.com. 800-951-8896 or StuLovesBeats.com. Check it out. Welcome to the program. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Pat, how's the school going? The school's going well. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just dropped these uh, math requirements at uh, Wayne State University. Yeah. I think they're kind of, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I think they're following our lead. We just dropped the math, English, history, social studies, and science requirements really? at our school. Yeah. Yeah, but we still require PE and recess and islamic thinking yeah, and islamic thinking and global warming and global warming those are the only two those are the only only things that we require right now <laughs> actually the this type of thing <laughs> uh, the wayne state uh, type of thing is actually really helping your school a lot because uh oh my gosh you would not believe we are there's probably two or three people a day coming in trying to you know check into the school wondering if they can sign up and all that's Pretty soon we're going to have a waiting list because yeah. we just don't have the space for everybody. Yeah, because it's a small school. And, and, and small it's, school. And the way it, it – uh, we've talked about it before briefly on the air, but your school is uh, – for what, what ages is it? Is it – Right now we're doing K through – so it's kindergarten through nine, K yeah. through nine. And it's sort of like a um, – at one, at one time we were K through 12, but then we kind of scaled back a little bit so we could get it all right, and then eventually we're going to work back to high school. That's great. And then so – and it, it, it's sort of one of those schools that like works with homeschooling, right? Like, yeah. is, it, is, is it a... Yeah, it's, I mean, we uh, we were kind of, uh, in the beginning, a homeschooling al- alternative. Now it's just pretty much private school. Now it's just, it's school. So, hmm. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, it's I evolved. Mean, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, evolved. And, and as, I've, as uh, I pointed out to you yesterday, now that people are flowing in, you could lose even more money. Which yes, is, uh, yes, thank you for that reminder, too, because <laughs> that's great. But it is, I think, what it's it's a function of the market, right? The schools are getting so bad yes. that people are looking for alternatives, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's charter schools, Definitely. Even, whether oh it's gosh. private schools, boarding schools. They'll go anywhere except school schools, and the, the normal more, schools. The more they hear about these you know, bathroom issues and the locker room issues where guys can go in and use the bathroom if they feel like it that day, or they can go and use the locker room, or they can play in the girls' sports, or whatever the case may be. And then they're dumbing down curriculum. Uh, and... They see the indoctrination now. I think more and more parents are starting to realize that, hey, maybe it's true that they are being indoctrinated at school. Yeah. Because they are. Um, now, if let's just say I'm a man 
and I identify as a woman today, and uh-huh. I go to your school, You're right. where would I go to the bathroom? In the men's room. Now, I'm, I, what I'm saying is I identify yeah. as a woman. That right, right. I, I think that. you missed that part of it. You said I, I was a man, right. but then I'm not a man that day. I've identified as a woman that day. No. So obviously I have all the male parts, but I'm mm-hmm. identifying as a woman. Mm-hmm. I should go into what bathroom? The men's room. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is it's a hate school. Hateful. It's a, it's a hate school. <laughs> it's a hate school. <laughs> um, so, but, I mean, I think just over just generally speaking the way things are moving right now in education is only going to make institutions like yours stronger and i think a lot of the pro- mm-hmm. there's a few colleges that we talk about from time to time that are really strong not um, very many no it's 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 a limited amount and you know we've you know you, you, it's kind of scary honestly what, what you would even do uh, when you get to that level but what the way education has changed over the past several decades is absolutely amazing we did this on wonderful world of stew uh this past week watch see things that yeah, the climate scientists of 20 years disturbing ago disturbing trends happening right now oh my God. for example man buns a bun is not a hairdo on any gender it's a confession to the world that you did not wash your hair today or any other day another trend that needs to go away is spelling and or pronouncing the word yes as yas with an a i don't understand the impetus to willy-nilly change the vowel in that word it just makes no sense at all Another example, horrible is not horrible. She's a horrible person. We have a horrible contract, but we do have a contract. It's horrible what's going on. Nobody talks about it, but I think it's horrible. To stop this horrible carnage. And speaking of willy-nilliness and horrible illiteracy, one of the most cringeworthy trends that needs to stop right now is grade inflation. Now, me, no good student at school place. But I did work my ass off to be half-assed. All that time spent playing sports and video games instead of doing my homework was apparently noticeable to my teachers. When I was young, an A was hard to get, said the crotchety old television host pining for the good old days. I'm proud to say that I deserved the grades that I received. Not many students can say that anymore. Look at this chart. This is the percentage of students that get each letter grade. F's were never common, and they've all but disappeared. I'm honestly thinking we should have more F's, not less. D's used to be 11.5% of all grades. Now, they're almost non-existent, less than 4%, about a third of what they used to be. C's have plummeted as well. It used to be 35% of grades given in college, now only 14%. B's are the only grade that stayed relatively flat. In 1940, it was about a third, and it still is today. But what about A's? A's are increasing at roughly the valuation of Facebook. Up and up and up and up. From less than 15% of grades in 1940 to over 45% of grades today. Professors are giving out three times the amount of A's that they used to. Do you think kids are three times smarter? Let me answer this delicately. No! Remember, this is a country that wants to vote for either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. We aren't the brightest bunch, obviously. So how bad is the problem? It's infected some of the most highly revered schools. In 2010, the Loyola Law School in Los Angeles retroactively added a third of a point to everybody's GPA. Everyone's. Why? Their goal was to make its students look more attractive in a competitive job market. Even at Ivy League schools, grade inflation is looking like the economy 
of Zimbabwe. In 1963, 10% of Yale University students got A's. Today, 62% of students get them. Even the faculty at Yale doesn't buy their students are six times smarter than they used to be. According to Professor Tina Liu, once you look at the numbers, you can't quite believe great inflation has gotten as bad as it has. Things have gotten to a point where it seems something really ought to be done. And maybe Yale professors should stop using gotten. You don't need to teach at Yale to figure all of this out. Remember, the average full-time college student today spends nine hours sleeping, four hours on leisure and sports, two and a half hours working. Don't strain yourselves, you youth of today. An hour eating, an hour grooming, an hour and a half traveling, over two hours on other, whatever that means, I have a couple of ideas, and on schoolwork, three full hours. Wow, three of a 24-hour day, three full Big, shiny hours. Have college students somehow learned to download textbooks directly to their brains during their sleepy time? Are they eating and drinking historical facts? Are they grooming themselves to brilliance? If not, I don't see how they're using their time productively in order to be deserving straight A's. In 1961, full-time students clocked in 40 hours a week towards their studies. By 2003, students were down to 27 hours a week, and by 2014, that was reduced to barely 23 hours a week. We're not inching closer and closer to genius-level thinkers here. We're sprinting in the opposite direction. To all the colleges across America, you're not helping your students by artificially inflating their grades and their precious egos. You're actually hurting them and setting them up for failure. That's on you. If we wanted to pay someone to lie to us and assure us that everything was going to be okay, we could just make political donations. So to review, schools are giving out three times as many A's as they did 70 years ago. And it's not because students are smarter. How do I know this? Students spend about half as much time on schoolwork as they used to. And parents are spending five figures a year so that a bunch of professors will tell them that their kid is smarter than they really are. Who's the idiot here? Twitter updates for you. Sally Cohn, who's a moron, uh, says this. Islamic extremists kill LGBT people. Christian and Jewish extremists just drive us to suicide. Either way, hate is hate. How did Fox News hire this person? I will never understand that one. Uh, I I don't know. She's somewhere else now, but I'll never understand that one. Um, So that's that's one stupid point. Another stupid point is Sean King, who uh, is a guy who pretends to be black but is actually white. Um, and um, he has now posted this graphic, which is a picture, a bunch of pictures. It says seven of the ten deadliest shootings in modern American history were from these white men. And then a bunch of white men. It was interesting because over that history, about seven in ten Americans were also uh, white. So it's actually not an impressive statistic at all. Um, I mean, the idea, I guess, that men kill more people than women might be notable there, but the color of it, it was actually, this is a country that's about 70% white over this time period. Right. So you wouldn't be that surprised by that at all. 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, do you want to go through the? We're right. going to go through the percentage of the population of Muslim uh, terrorism. Not thirty percent against uh, their per- percentage of the population. Because I got news for you. That you want to go through that? You're not going to like the results of that one. No, you're not. You're not going to like that. I can give you a lot of... Uh, if you want to go through co- uh, skin color comparisons as to percent, as it relates to percentage of population, you're not going to like those numbers. You might change back. <laughs> it's true. That's true. 888 beck 888-727-BECK. There may not be a perfect uh, hangover cure, but two roommates from New Zealand are making the post-party cleanup. Less of a headache. The Morning After Maids, uh, started by Auckland duo Rebecca Foley and uh, Catherine Ashurst. Uh, they'll put your, your apartment back together while you guzzle Gatorade in a fetal position. They'll even bring you mm. breakfast and, and puppies. Mm-hmm. Uh, puppies. Love this. Yeah. The, why do you want puppies? No, I don't understand that. I, I, I understand why I Jeffy would use them, I, but I don't understand I'm why. I'm not really sure. Uh, but they tidy up your apartment. Uh, and where most people would ex- accept the head split and clean up as penance for a night of fun and debauchery as part of the entertainment, uh, Foley saw an untapped market. And then, th- so they started this business a little over a month ago, but they've already racked up widespread press coverage and offers to franchise their idea. It's a great idea. It is. Mm. I mean, and this happens. I mean, when you throw a party, you don't even have to be a designed to be a drunken hangover party. Who the hell wants to clean it up? That's the reason we we book all. Of, we, I I want to you know booking our kids' birthday parties at places because I just don't want to deal with it. I, you know I don't want to I don't want to bring all the stuff into the house and it's and then you know some kid you know spills something on our carpet and another kid slips and cracks mm. his head open. I don't want to deal with it, so we just go to a place that's away. Uh, they, you know now of course to my kids I tell them it's because I want you to have so much fun at Chuck E. Cheese, but in reality. I just want Chuck E. Cheese to, to deal with the nonsense. Right. Yeah. Yes. I want them to have fun, and I don't want to, deal, yes. I don't want to worry about it. Now, this is an interesting proposal. I like it. I think it's a good uh, business idea, and the fees are not that bad. 20 to 80 bucks, yeah. it says. Uh, the cleaning fee is $30 per cleaner per hour. So if you have them both there, it could be 60 bucks an mm-hmm. hour, which could run into money if, I mean, if you really destroy the place and it takes four hours to clean up. You know, then that might be an issue. But but. again, that's also the market, right? Like, if you don't want to clean up for four hours, and also you're going to do. This is how I always feel about hiring people to do things, and I'm a big uh, I want to sit on the couch guy. Uh, But it's like every time I hire someone to do it, they do it better, they do it faster, and I get to have fun at the same time. Mm -hmm. Do whatever I want. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Uh, Whenever you can do it, you should do it. Uh, because it's better. It's like we do this all the time with stuff. Like we go to a, you know, we go to a, you know, a, uh, you know, a local restaurant, or you go to a, car, a place that fixes your car. You could go through all the trouble of learning how to fix your own car. You could become a gourmet chef and do it yourself. Or specialization gets to take over, and you get to walk in, and they just you sit there and you don't do anything. You just do whatever you want. You talk to your family. You talk to your friends. You have a nice drink. You have an appetizer. They bring it all out to you. They clean up all the plates. Yeah, but then you have to do the, the dishes. dishes. No, they do no? it all for you, Pat. Wow, really? Yeah, it's an amazing huh. process. What would a place like that be called? A restaurant. <laughs> That's what it's called. A restaurant. It's French. A restaurant. Very nice. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, as far as the hangover part goes, um, mm-hmm. and Pat, you would not be familiar with this particular thing, but there are days where you can barely even get off the couch after a night of drinking if it's uh, uh, too much. I've um, mm-hmm. had a few of those um, myself. Uh, it's not pleasant. Uh, it's, it's actually the thing that when it's happening, you think I'm never drinking another drop of alcohol in my entire life. That to clean at that point is not something you want to do. 
Um, I, I, if, uh, a few years ago, I actually was in Vegas and had a, a night similar to this on a travel day, mm-hmm. which you try to stay away from that, Pat. Uh, if you're going to drink a lot, mm-hmm. you don't want it to be the day you have to go on a plane. It's a disaster. But another capitalist solution to this particular a horrible problem is, uh, is this place that comes and gives you an IV. In Vegas, they will come to your hotel room and give you an IV of fluids to cure your hangover. Really? Yeah. And, and does it? And, and it does. I actually went, oh, to, wow. I went to the place because um, they will actually come pick you up as well. Or they'll do it on a bus. It's Vegas. They'll let you do anything. Uh, so uh, wow. I went to a place and they, uh, you sit down, nice, comfortable, leather, like recliner, recliner chair. They put on whatever movie you want. You sit there. It takes like 40 minutes. They actually put an IV in your arm. They give you snacks. You, you sit there, and I was in bad shape this, this particular day. In fact, I was with a friend of mine uh, who shall remain, remain nameless, uh, who ha- was in much worse shape than me and uh, uh, had an f- earlier flight. So he was, like, dying. And I don't know. I knew his flight was coming up that morning. I'm like, I just I, I text him, and I'm like, I, I got to go. to. I think it's called Hangover Heaven. That's what it's called. And uh, I'm like, I got to go, man. I'm, I cannot make this flight right like this. I'm like really nauseous that day. I mean, I, usually I'm, I never, A, don't typically drink that much. And B, when I drink, I don't typically feel like that. But I felt bad this day. It was like the worst. Mm-hmm. So I went, mm-hmm. he was worse than me and had a flight like in an hour and a half. And we went there anyway. Uh, and he, it, it, like, he was like, it took me from like a 10 on the hangover scale down to like a four. And for me, I remember thinking it was like a six to like a two. It was a big difference. Wow. Uh, and it worked. And I was like, these things, are, I mean, any place where there's a lot of heavy drinking going on should have one of these. So what, what is the solution that they put into your veins? Is they, it just uh, salt water? Or what I is it? I don't. It was, so, it was the thing that you do if you're dehydrated. Saline. You know, because alcohol dehydrates you. Yeah. So one of the big things was whatever it was they give you. Uh, to hydrate you if Rehydrates. you're dehydrated. They rehydrate you. And it has a bunch of minerals and nutrients and vitamins or whatever the heck is in there. I don't know. All I know is it actually works. It's an actually... I, and what do you pay for it? How much is that? You know, I don't mm. remember. I, if I had to price it at the, off the top of my head, it was something <clears throat> like $40. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, it, was, it was very reasonable. Really? In fact, they had you could have them come to your hotel room the next day for a party. They called it a hangover party in which you could gather all your people that you were with that were hung over and, and get like eight done at once in your hotel room. And plus, they also did it on a bus. And then they had the nice the, the best place to go was in the, their actual room, though, because it was nice. They had snacks. They had Gatorade. They had we, I w- watched a movie, sat back in a recliner. It was actually kind of nice. Nice. I mean, it was, it was, Sounds nice. Yeah, I mean, it was something I would if you're if you're a degenerate I, like me, I would definitely definitely recommend it. Do you know of any other place besides Vegas where this... Uh... I had heard rumors at one point that they were bringing it to New York City. Again, huh. like it's tough because you need a place where there's a big nightlife district that's pretty contained yeah. uh, to put up a place like that. Vegas is an obvious one. Um, New York kind of makes sense to me. Um, you know, L.A., maybe. maybe. Maybe L.A., but L.A. is so spread out. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans would be a good one. Yeah. You know, it, they, what they need to do is come up with like they need to make it like a food truck. And they do this in Vegas where you can go on the bus and get it, but they need to be like mobile. They need to go to the Super Bowl cities. They need to go to uh, Mardi Gras when that's happening. They need to go to Gasparilla in Tampa when that's happening, and they just like bounce it around the country. I mean, it it's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, it is. Yeah, solving important problems here. Pat. Very, very important first world problems. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. All right, for mental floss, uh, original locations of famous chain stores because we. Mental Floss and we know that you've been wondering 
where the gap came from. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I woke oh, up at this- 3 o'clock in the morning three weeks ago thinking, oh, my gosh. I don't know where the gap originated. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, I, yeah. I had the same thing about Party City. <laughs> Did you really? I didn't just look at the list and pick one right. Uh, that's weird that they would both be on this <laughs> list then. I will say, there's stopping huh. Islamic extremism and where did the gap come from? Those two are right on the same. Uh, so where did the gap originally come from? Yeah. Stu? There it is. Uh, first gap opened in 1969. Uh, in San Francisco, California, they were fed up with their jeans buying experience, uh, the, a couple, and they ordered up the first Gap. And the Gap has been a big deal for a long time. Now, 3,727 Gap locations worldwide. Wow, 3,700. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's a lot of locations. Uh, Barnes & Noble uh, originated Third West. Uh, 3rd, no, three West, three third West, Street, Third Street in New York, New York. Like two Corinthians you just read. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it was uh, opened 130 years ago on West 3rd by Arthur Hines. Uh, but just a year later, it was moved to the Cooper Union Building, uh, now a New York City landmark. And uh, it became a well-respected textbook seller. Shortly thereafter, Hines hired a Harvard grad named Gilbert Clifford Noble to be a clerk. Eight years later, Noble was made partner. Store was n- renamed Hines & Noble. 23 years after that, Noble and William Barnes bought out Heinz and ordered themselves some new business cards with Barnes and Noble on them. Yeah, very cool. So that's been around a long, long time. Yeah, I have a Barnes and Noble gift card, and I was thinking to myself, I should use that thing. I would use it now before it earlier it, rather than uh, later. anything happens. I mean, they seem to, I mean, I guess, you know, Borders is gone. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All those big stores, like the, what they call them, the big box stores, I guess mm-hmm. uh, I, I put that in that category at least. But like there was uh, Circuit City and even Best Buy. Like Best Buy is still around, but man, yeah, I Best feel Buy like still. any day. One of the big, didn't Sports Authority just go out of business? It did. Uh, that's gone now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing. That was a whole era of Americana. Yeah. And it's funny because during that era of Americana, everyone said, I remember the old times. I remember back in the day when there was like small neighborhoods and there weren't malls and big box stores. We're going to have that same, our kids, you know, maybe your kids for sure, uh, we're going to have that same memory right. of those types uh, of schools. That's where we used to go. We used to go to these stores. We didn't just order everything online. We went to these stores and they had all this stuff and you could go touch it and turn the knobs and, and then you buy it and you take it home and you have it that day. And now it's going to be like, I just got a drone just dropped off my television from Amazon. It's amazing. That'll be a cool day when a drone can drop off a TV. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> That'll be cool. Stanley and uh, Sidney Goldstein and their partner Ralph Hoagland mm-hmm. founded Consumer Value Stores, better known as CVS, in Lowell, Massachusetts in 1963. And you thought you were impressed by 3,727 locations of the Gap there are, and There's that's worldwide. 8,937,000 CVSs. I hate you. <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing it. I didn't even ask you. And you just interrupted and ruined the stat. <laughs> it uh, does seem like that, though. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, live in this everywhere. area where there are there's virtually nothing around it. I mean, there's just residential. Mm-hmm. It's just a residential area, and you have to drive away. You have to go, you know, at least... I guess the nearest store or gas station or CVS, Walgreens kind of place, yeah. is at least two to three miles away. That's and, not that bad. And they're dropping one right, of course, right by Glenn's house. 
Oh, really? Yeah, just up the street from Glenn's house now. There's nice. going to be a CVS. That's how many CVSs there are. You can't keep them out they're even anywhere. Get, they're even building things, CVSs near Glenn's house. Near Glenn's wow. house. Yeah. Um, uh, two to three miles is not that bad, though. I mean, I grew no, up, it's not terrible. I grew up in a place, you know, it was a, you know, in Connecticut, a small town in Connecticut. But, I mean, there weren't, I mean, you know, it was a, like to go to a convenience store, I mean, it was, you know, at least a five, ten minute drive. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't far, but like they're all side roads and everything else. Right. Um, so it took a while to get there. And to get to like a grocery store, you had to go all the way down into town, which was, you know, again, not far, far. But a ways. But a, ways, a little yeah. bit of a hike. I mean, I think you get spoiled down here in Texas. Like, I am like eight feet from everything. That's the thing. And that's, yeah. uh, you, get, you get spoiled. That, that's but I kind of like not having a CVS around. I mean, they're, they're not exactly, <laughs> you get most of them don't look like that. You, you know? can get everything at a freaking CVS, though. You seriously it can. It is now. It's not like uh, they, they, you know, uh, uh, this is an example on this. They just opened this place called Bucky's in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess there's a bunch of these in Texas. I'd never been to one before. It's like a Walmart-sized gas station is how I would describe it. It's the biggest thing I've ever been in my entire life. You have to go see this. It's right by Texas Motor Speedway. Oh. Um, it's right out there. and uh, And you go there, and it's like... 70 gas pumps and you go and it has you don't you could seriously do i would say three quarters of your grocery shopping in this place really yeah it, i mean they have everything probably wouldn't want to it's probably a little pricey uh i don't i didn't no. notice it to be pricey and it's very ultra clean i guess they're famous huh. for their clean bathrooms it's like one of their things nice but uh, it was pretty amazing and a lot, some of these cvs's are turning into the same thing yeah I mean, you go in there you can get everything there it used to just be health and beauty pro- uh, products now it's like you can really do yeah, yeah, probably forty percent of your grocery shopping there. Yeah, they have they have a lot of stuff. So how many how many locations? Oh CBS? yeah, we never got to that. So it was three thousand seven hundred twenty-seven for the Gap worldwide. That's a lot. Uh, there are ninety-six hundred in CVS. Uh, CVS just in the United States. Jeez, I believe that. That's amazing. They're on every corner. Believe it. Uh, also, Party City. Oh, began I was just thinking, did I tell you this? I was yes, just, you did. A few weeks ago, so I did. woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. And I was thinking, where was the first Party City? And fortunately for you, mm. I know the answer. Mm-hmm. East Hanover, New Jersey. East Hanover, New Jersey. Not there a lot of things is. start in New Jersey. No, but there it is. Uh, and so that's where you could get your balloons filled up. And by 1993, there were 58 locations. Today, there's 900. I'm surprised uh, Party lot. City is actually stuck around as long as it has. Because, I, I, I mean, it, it just—it seems like one of those stores that's going to close down. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I hate to say it, Party City. I know you're good people, I'm sure. <laughs> I hate to predict your doom. But it's like, do we really need an entire store for party hats and balloons? I, you know, you go it, in there and you think, who's buying this? <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I was like, what is in there? I had to go in there. Um, my, uh, my son had a, I don't know, it was like a dress like you know i don't know what it was like dress like a cowboy day or wild west day or something and you could wear like a cowboy costume like where the hell am i gonna get a cowboy costume it's like the middle of like march like mm-hmm. it wasn't like halloween time and uh the answer to party that was city. party city where i went and got a uh, I, I got a cowboy costume or a, a policeman costume i don't know what it was it was something like that and uh and uh, they had it <laughs> they did have it, but it's like, great. is there a huge demand in March so. for police I, costumes? I would not think so, but somehow they all stay open. Uh, last one, and we'll give you is Ikea. Of course, we know this one. Uh, from I Sweden. hate Ikea. 
I hate it. I, I, I like it. I mean, I, I, I just like don't it. like yeah. making the stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's why I hate it. I'm not putting their stuff together. No. Uh, the, the again, that looks just, like no IKEA I ever see. In Texas, the IKEA has its own zip code. It, it it's is that freaking big. Big blue and yellow. Uh, 48 countries. There's 384 of these things, and I like the furniture. I, the furniture of their stuff is like an interesting combination of some of it is looks really nice and is really good. And then there's some of it is looks really nice and is really crappy. But yes. all of it looks pretty good. Uh, if you like that style, obviously, you have to like right. the style. Um, but it's like it's all like it's more modern and it's like, you know, more dormy looking. But it's all it all looks decent. Um, but you put it in your if you want to look like you're living in a dorm in Sweden. It's awesome. I see. I never it's I awesome. actually I like some of the stuff there. <laughs> However, awesome. I have to build it. And this is one of my big. This is what I kind of went on this. Every, everything Ikea. they sell is impossible to put together. And Ikea inspired that specialization rant you just heard, because I would mm-hmm. I, there was one day I was sitting on the floor in my place in Pennsylvania, building a piece of Ikea furniture, watching NFL football games. And I was infuriated. It just ruined my entire weekend building this stuff. <laughs> and I just said, I'm so never bad. building this again. All right, we got to take a break. We're super late. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the number. Beck is Development uh, on theblaze.com. You can check it out right now. Uh, armed police enter Orlando terrorists' apartment after they reportedly find the door wide open. They haven't been there this whole time. The guy just killed 50 people. They haven't been staking this place out, searching it. They think that maybe someone mm. burglarized the home now. And who knows took who, what evidence out. Jeez. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe you send some security there and uh, that place is hopping with police all the time. Uh, apparently not, uh, and it's kind of an amazing turn uh, in this uh, horrible, horrible uh, story. I mean, uh, how, does that, how, do you, how do you let it get burglarized after the fact? Well, you know how. False flag. False flag. False I flag forgot, operation. I forgot about it. False flag. Another false flag there operation. There are no flags, America. No. Stop thinking they're flags. They're all false. Flag day? False flag. Gone. Yeah. False flag. False flag. Yeah. It's false. And to blame. 